The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at BuffaloRumblings.com. We've got actual Buffalo Bills football to talk about, sort of. It's still preseason, but the Bills were able to play the Indianapolis Colts last Thursday. We've got some post-game questions from you to answer today in today's Buffalo Rumblings Q&A podcast. As always, you can leave your questions for next week's episode by calling us at 716-508-0405. You can tweet at us at Rumblings Q&A. You can send us Facebook messages, Instagram messages, emails using buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. You can leave comments in the comments section at buffalorumblings.com, and we've got one of those to answer today. Lots of talk as the Bills head to Carolina to play in the second preseason game of the year and get ready for the 2019 regular season. We're kind of all over the place in today's defense. So let's get started with our first question. Today's question of the week is How has Josh Allen looked so far in training camp and the preseason? Inevitably, I get one or two questions every time I see somebody for the first time, and it's how are the Bills going to do in 2019? How has Josh Allen looked in 2019? We've been getting a couple other ones here and there, but these are the two main questions. And after the preseason game, I wanted to kind of go over how Josh Allen looked. It's interesting to note that the Bills really wanted to evaluate Allen early and often in the Colts game. He got two series with the starters, before he was taken out for Matt Barkley. And in those two series, he threw a ton of passes. The first eight play calls were passing plays. And that includes uh, a scramble by Allen after he couldn't find a receiver down the field. So it's listed as a run, but it was a scramble. On the first two drives, there were only three called running plays, or at least three running plays that they actually ran. We don't know if Allen is the one that switched out of them at the line or something like that, but two Frank Orr runs and one Devin Singletary run and 15 pass calls while Josh Allen was the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills on Thursday night against the Colts. So obviously they wanted to get a look at Allen against you know another defense other than the Bills defense. 
it's uh, it'll be interesting to see if we get the same kind of <clears throat> breakdown against the Carolina Panthers on on this coming week's game, and then. During the practices, we'll obviously see a ton of him throwing the ball, so it'll be interesting to see how he responds to playing the Panthers so many times in those joint practices down in Carolina. I'm not really concerned about Allen's completion percentage or stats from Thursday night's game. I thought he pushed the ball down the field, which he's going to need to do. He is going to have to hit some of those passes like he did last year. Uh, he wasn't able to do that on Thursday night. But that's the only way you can take the top off the defense is actually hitting one of those every once in a while. He was just barely off on his timing with uh, rookie Tommy Sweeney and a couple other passes that went to uh, the deeper part of the field. That Tommy Sweeney pass was the very first one of the game. Uh, I thought he did deliver a couple balls that were catchable that weren't caught. Um, I did not like his third down pass to Zay Jones. Uh, a lot of people are, were giving me grief on Twitter for calling that pass brutal. But it was low and outside. And, I mean, Zay Jones is coming back to the ball with his numbers. If Josh Allen hits in between the numbers, it's a first down conversion. And he did that later in the game. Uh, hit Zay Jones on the opposite side of the field on the same exact route right between the numbers. And Jones caught it. So that's the kind of thing that we need to see more consistently. Those easier over-the-middle passes where the receiver's flashing the numbers and there's a clean pocket, just step and throw. Allen needs to complete those eight-yard passes every single time. And uh, until we see that, I'm not going to be comfortable saying that, you know, he's the guy of the future or whatever. But if he can still keep taking those shots downfield and connecting on some of them, I think he'll be doing a lot better going forward. And uh, we'll have to look forward to that against the Panthers and beyond in the preseason and into the regular season. And that's the question I'm getting a lot this week. We've got a two-part question to start this week's episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. Joe Forrest at JM Forrest 3 asks, Why does it seem like Mitch Morris has had a concussion for the entire camp? He needs to get out there and build chemistry with the other O-line players and Allen. And Andrew Tolley at Drew underscore Buckets asks, not overreacting to a preseason game, but how long do we give it before a concern becomes real for our center play? So two questions about the center position as we come out of the first preseason game. Uh, to answer Joe's question, Mitch Morris has pretty much been out for the entire camp. He missed most of the spring practices and, and early summer practices with uh, a recovery from a core muscle injury surgery that he had as soon as he was signed uh, as a member of the Buffalo Bills. And uh, that was all expected. We knew he was going to be back by camp. But then when training camp came around, he was injured in the first padded practice. So that was three days into training camp. So he really hasn't been around for a lot, and he hasn't had a chance to build chemistry with Josh Allen and the rest of the Bills offensive line. He's been out at practice every single day, which is a good thing. He's been on the sidelines. He hasn't been, say, sequestered in a dark room because of the concussion that he suffered. But he hasn't been on the field. And, of course, that is a concern. I'm not going to overreact to the, the center play from the preseason game myself. Uh, John Feliciano is a capable center. He's an upgrade from Russell Bodine, who was the Bills center last year, and Ryan Gray, who shared that responsibility with Bodine last year. 
we did see Bodine take some snaps on Thursday night with the second team uh, before he left the game with a, I think it was an oblique injury. So as long as Bodine doesn't see the field, I think we'll be okay. There's another guy that's in the competition as well, Spencer Long, to be the backup center. Um, and I think if Feliciano or Long are the guy that ends up at center uh, in place of Mitch Morris, I think we'll be okay. So there's three guys that could realistically step in and play center and would be better than Russell Bodine was last year. So I'm not worried about it at this point. Um, I think Mitch Morris will be back for the third preseason game, uh, potentially. Obviously, I'm concerned about his long-term health and his ability to stay healthy long-term. But as far as the center play for the Bills goes, I think that they're going to be okay with either Morse, Feliciano, or Long. And it seems to be that order that they've been working in. Thanks for the questions, guys. At Rumlinks Q&A on Twitter. Next up, we have Wombat at the Rogue Wombat on Twitter who asks, why was Harry playing in the fourth? Uh, Harry's referring to Harrison Phillips playing in the fourth quarter. Uh, Harrison Phillips is clearly the fourth defensive tackle right now. He's behind Star Latulale, Ed Oliver, and Jordan Phillips. And the Bills did have an injury problem at defensive tackle where Robert Thomas was out. He has since been placed on injured reserve, and they've added uh, bodies to that. But they just needed another guy in that rotation so that, you know, it wasn't just Kyle Pico and LT Walton playing for the entire fourth quarter. Um, that's just a lot to ask of guys to not rotate at all, to not get a breather at all. So that's the reason Harrison Phillips was playing into the fourth quarter. Now that the Bills have added Roderick Young instead of Thomas, they shouldn't have that problem. They'll have three defensive tackles to play into the fourth quarter of the second preseason game against the Carolina Panthers, assuming they don't have any injuries over the course of the next few days while they're in Carolina. And um, and Phillips probably won't end up playing late into the second half of the second preseason game. It's a good question, and uh, it was just a numbers game. Thanks. Back to Twitter, where at Bills Rock 12 asks us at Rumlings Q&A, Christian Wade, back in April, when we were awarded him, I watched some of his rugby highlights. He's an absolute beast, and Thursday was a glimpse of his talent. I understand he was against rookies, but I'm intrigued. He hit the hole so quickly. Discuss. Well, that's not a question. You're, it's an order. You're telling me to. I need to discuss it, but I'll take it anyway. Um, Wade obviously is an athlete. Um, he's got great vision. Uh, it was interesting hearing him talk after the game about that exact play and how many times he's been yelled at about that exact play because he would try to bounce it outside instead of taking it up inside and, and doing what he did against the Colts. Um, when you see a player that has that vision and that athleticism into the get into the open field it's really easy to think that he's you know a guy that could really take over and and make an impact in 2019 but he'll be the first to admit that he doesn't really know what he's doing that was like the one play or one of the handful of plays that he's really perfected uh, 
even when you, he took the hand off, you could see that it wasn't clean. It was a little bit off. He kind of grabbed it like, a, you know, catching a rugby toss or something like that. And it's it's been hard to tamp down a little bit of the excitement for Christian Wade uh, since that since that play. Uh, it was a great play. I'm not taking that away from him, but he's got a lot to learn about the position. He's got a guaranteed spot on the practice squad in 2019, and I'll anticipate that that's where he stays. He, Once he's placed on the practice squad, he can't be activated to the active roster, so he would either have to go right to the active roster or stay on the practice squad for the entire year. And I just don't think they're going to waste a roster spot on a guy that doesn't really know anything about the intricacies of playing football i don't doubt his athleticism i don't doubt his vision or that he could make an impact but he just is too limited in his knowledge of the game to to really be a member of the 53-man roster in 2019 but LaShawn McCoy and Franco are both on expiring contracts if he can learn enough about the game over the course of the next 12 months to maybe make the bills roster outright in 2020 well, that sure could be interesting. Thanks for the question. At Rumlix QA. We'll be right back after this break. Our next question comes from at Padin on Twitter at Rumlix QA. I think the Bills were wise to bring in Frank Gore. He's had a successful career and wants to play a few more years. Gore seems like an ideal mentor for Devin Singletary. It seems like the Bills coaching staff do well in finding mentors for players at all stages of their careers. What are your thoughts on this? I can think of other examples where they match players with mentors who are strong in the other players' weaknesses or needed areas of growth, like Josh Allen and Matt Barkley. Cole Beasley and Zay Jones, John Brown and Robert Foster just seems like a smart way to build a team and maximize potential. Well, that's exactly what Sean McDermott has said over the course of his time as the Buffalo Bills head coach is that he wants a veteran in every room to kind of help along the younger players. It was one of the arguments he made for bringing in Kelvin Benjamin a year ago to the wide receiver room. And uh, it's interesting that when you talk about Gore and Devin Singletary, that you also mentioned LaShawn McCoy, but not as a mentor for Singletary. You just kind of mention him in the same breath. And I think that speaks a lot to LaShawn McCoy at this stage of his career. Um, even last week, he said that he was still the guy. He was still the number one guy, and everybody else was there to support him. And um, it wasn't, he didn't mention anything at all about being a mentor or helping the younger guys come along or anything along those lines, where Frank Gore, of course, has mentioned Devin Singletary several times in his conversations with the media. So your, uh, your perception, I think, is dead on. Gore was brought in to be a leader in that room, not just the running back room, but the offensive room in general, and a guy that could really bring along some of the younger players and mentor some of those younger players. And I think he's going to do that. Um, I, I don't think LaShunko is very interested in doing that. Um, it, it is something that's good for the organization going forward, um, whether it's Lorenzo Alexander working with Matt Milano and uh, Tremaine Edmonds or Jerry Hughes working with Shaq Lawson, or just you can look at pretty much every every room, even now with the signing of uh, Captain uh, Munnerlyn 
to be in that cornerback room with Tredavious White and the Levi Wallace and those other young guys. You have those veterans leaders in every room now. And I think that's really important for what Sean McDermott is trying to build. So that's very perceptive of you, uh, Padeen. And uh, thanks for the question at Rumlings Q&A. Next up is Edward Hers at Hers underscore Edward on Twitter. Is Corey Carter going to be the punter then? Does Carter got the stuff to make it? Throughout camp, Corey Bajorquez has been the leading punter in actual training camp practices, but in the first week of the preseason, Corey Carter really stepped up and had a much, much better game than Corey Bajorquez. Bajorquez had a shank that was like 30-something. 31 yards or something like that uh, straight out of bounds whereas Carter boomed one that was super high and caught for a fair catch after 51 yards that's a great great um, number for any punter Carter averaged 43.5 yards on his two punts Bohork has averaged 40 yards on his punts and his yard punts were returned um, whereas Carter's were not so his net so Carter's net punting average was a lot higher than Bohorquez's as, as well. Um, I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that Corey Bohorquez's hold was the reason that Stephen Hauschka missed his uh, first field goal of the night, but you know you can't discount that necessarily. I I'm not an expert enough on on holders and and all that stuff to to know what's going on there, but. It did happen while Bohorquez was holding, so that's something you need to take into account as well. The thing about Carter, he's got a much bigger leg, but he also tends to be a little bit more inaccurate, a little bit more spraying. We didn't see that in the first uh, preseason game. Uh, I think we'll see Carter in the first half against the Carolina Panthers. He'll hold for Steven Hauschka and punt in the first half, and then Bohorquez will come in in the second half. That'll be a flip-flop of what happened in the first game. And... Carter's going to get a shot if he can continue playing that well, especially in the joint practices against the Panthers and in the preseason game uh, in week two and week three. I think he could sum up this job, you know, in the next couple weeks. It's a good question, and I know Joe Biscalia on Twitter has been following it very closely with his Corey versus Corey punters duel or battle or whatever. He's been hashtagging it. Uh, so if you want more information, Joe B is probably your guy. Thanks for the question at Rumlings Q and A. Straight from the comment section at buffalorumblings.com, we've got user Botface who asks, is Duke Williams basically a guaranteed roster cut at this point? I think so. He has been consistently working with the third wide receiver group, uh, even the fourth wide receiver group, behind pretty much everybody else. And really, it's it's kind of a numbers game, just like uh, we were talking about with Harrison Phillips. But it's he's got to pass a lot of people to make this roster. Uh, we, of course, have John Brown and Cole Beasley uh, as the top two receivers on the team right now. Uh, if you had Zay Jones in there as your third receiver, Andre Holmes is your kind of kick return and wide receiver. He's been getting a lot of first-team reps, including on uh, Thursday night against the Colts. Those are your top four wide receivers. Then you have Robert Foster, who most people argue may be 
one of the top two wide receivers, not me, but um, some people might. He's he's kind of your fifth wide receiver. He played well into the game on Thursday night as well. So then you're really talking about one, maybe two spots. And that if you do have that maybe second spot, it's for a guy that's going to play a ton of special teams. Um, Victor Bolton Jr. hasn't really been receiving much run. He's buried on the depth chart. Nick Easley has been flashing here and there, but again, is a, a really raw player. Ray Ray McLeod was the leader for that sixth wide receiver spot for a while, but Isaiah McKenzie really outplayed him on Thursday night. And then as the Bills returned to practice after the game, uh, McKenzie's been getting some run with the first team, so the Bills are rewarding him for how he played on Thursday night against the Colts. Cam Phillips has had a really nice camp. He, of course, scored a touchdown in Thursday night's game against the Colts. Uh, David Sills has not. He's had He's been dealing with drops. And then there's Duke Williams. So right now he's sitting there as like the 8th, ninth, 10th wide receiver on the roster somewhere in there. And he's going to have to jump two or three people to do that. So he's going to need Isaiah McKenzie or um, Ray Ray McLeod to falter coming down the stretch. And he's going to have to play out of his mind. And it's going to be harder to do that when he doesn't always get the reps with, say, Tyree Jackson or something, or, or maybe even... Uh, Jackson isn't accurate during the preseason game against the Panthers or you know whoever it happens to be. He's going to have to really show something in that second and fourth preseason games to even have a look at this roster or another team's roster. He um, he, he just has really faded once the pads came on and the people were going full bore. He the Bills have no real commitment to him financially. They don't really have a commitment to him developmentally because he's a little bit on the older side. So it would be very easy for them to just kind of jettison him. And I'm not saying they haven't given him a chance, but they've placed other people in front of him over and over and over again. So yeah, I would think that Duke Williams is a roster cut at this point. Thanks for your question, Botface, at buffalorumlings.com in the comment section of our show notes for Buffalo Rumlings Q&A. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. The next time we'll talk to you, it'll be after the joint practices in Carolina and the second preseason game. So get your questions in now following all of those practices and that game. And we'll answer those on next week's episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. Send us those questions using our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. You can text us at that number too. You can send us tweets at Rumlings Q&A with the word and spelled out in the middle. Leave questions in the comment section at buffalorumlings.com. Email us buffalorumlings at sbnation.com. Facebook messages, Instagram messages are always welcome as well. And we'll talk to you soon. Go Bills.